and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who, the Sarah Jane Adventures, and of course, Torchwood. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the outmoded Matt. Hello there. Well then, Matt, um, we're talking about uh, Out of Time this week. Mm. Getting ever closer to the end of the series. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, not to be confused, of course, with the uh, big finish range out of time in which they uh, pair David Tennant with a different classic Doctor in each instalment. Oh, lovely. So what you're saying is we've yeah. watched the worst out of time. <laughs> I don't know. I've not heard them all yet. I've only heard the first one with Tom Baker, which, uh, to be fair, is a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, it's a good get that one. Can recommend that for well, sure. Speaking of a lot of fun, David. Yeah. We're exactly one week from the launch of the Wheelie Big Quiz. Oh, ho, ho. exciting times! Have you been brushing up on your trivia? Uh. No, frankly, because I've mostly been uh, trying to stave off death by COVID over the last few days. Well, if you're housebound, what better use of your time? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I mentioned this primarily, listeners, to, to apologise in advance for any uh, additional snuffles, coughs or wheezes you, you pick up from me over the course of this podcast. Um and apologies in advance, uh, Matt, if you can actually be bothered to edit any of those out. I might, might do I expect you won't. But <laughs> it's important we know, David, next week, Wheelie Big Quiz, raising money for Cancer Research UK. Yes, indeed. Uh, probably by the time this goes up, I'll have set up the Just Giving page for the year. Mm. Um, so keep abreast of our Twitter. There'll be information and all sorts there for you all. There will indeed, uh, but this week, this week we are laser focused on uh, on doing justice to this episode of Torchwood. Well, uh, <laughs> a little confession, David. Yeah. Okay. So tomorrow, I'm sitting down with Shona, who hosts My Adventure in Space and Time, and we're going to be discussing the Reign of Terror. Mm. A Hartnell-era story which I have never seen. Well, I'm four episodes deep. It's six episodes. Episode yep. four and five are missing. They're animated. But mm -hmm. th this is a good insight to how my mind works, David. I sat down. I knew we were recording tonight. I thought, I've got three episodes yep. to go. I really need to get this done. I really need to watch these episodes. So, sat right. down, I had episode four, five, and six to watch. I sat down, they're not on Brickbox, so I was on Daily Motion. And yeah. when I'd watched episode four, it kind of auto-played the next video. Which mm -hmm. you would assume would be episode five of Reign of Terror. Um, David, I've you watched would. most of Monster of Peladon tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, like it just ticked how, over, and I was like, "How did you find oh, it?" I'll, I'll put the other episode on in a bit, and I was just like, "Oh, it's Pertwee, Sarah Jane, it's Ice Warriors." And I was just like, well into it. Yeah, and and a th thinly veiled um, 
uh, metaphor for. Uh, I, I mean, oh, hang on, it's a Sarah Jane one. Yeah. So that's the second of the Peladon stories. It is, yeah. And so it's all about the mi- um, mining and stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yes. some guy's in charge, and he's like, oh, you all mine for me, and I'm in charge now. And everyone just kind of goes, no. Yeah. And... Yeah. And um, it's got those guys with fantastic badger wigs. It, yes, yeah. And it's got like a big bin bag monster with a high pitched noise. Uh, yes. Oh, Alpha. Are you thinking of Alpha Centauri, the one with the giant. Yeah, we've eye. seen them before, haven't we? Yeah. Yes, at the end of Empress of Mars. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, just, just watching. Can't say the same about Reign of Terror. <laughs> can't say the same about Torchwood, but it's nice to get some positivity out of this project, isn't it? Absolutely. I can we can we not admit now, Matt, that you are a Doctor Who fan. You are legitimately watching classic Doctor Who on your own time without any intention to record a podcast about it. Or I'm too lazy to look for the remote and just let the video autoplay. Poor excuse. So yeah, going back to the case in point. Keep your eyes open because yes. um, Shona, I think she's been in some sort of play up and down the country over the summer, but their pod yeah. is returning with like missing episodes. I think that's how they're getting back into it. Um, right. So yeah, she just kind of put a message. I can't. Th- I can't think of an easier plans. way to easy. Can't think of a better way to ease yourself back into classic Who than than, than uh, cracking on with a load of partially or fully missing stories. Yeah. It's really good, though, because the episodes that remain are just Hartnell walking through the French countryside for 20 minutes at a time. <laughs> when you say French countryside, it was not shot no, on location. No, no, Most of the Parisians have got deep Yorkshire accents. <laughs> so I'd give that two thumbs up. Ah, fantastic. But that's looking forward, Um, David. Let's look back at your week. How's it been? um, Well, as I say, COVID, primarily. That that very much has dominated the weekend. Uh, Prior to that, just just work, really. Mm -hmm. You know, all work and no play, as they say. Um, I'm trying to think. Not, Not an exciting week at all. See, as well as copious amounts of Doctor Who, David. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know, but on Disney Plus, they've just released the sequel to Hocus Pocus. It's called Hocus Pocus Two, um, and I sat, I sat down to watch that the other day, and I was about three days early. It hadn't come out, so this week I've watched Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus Two. Oh, excellent! Um, I've never seen either of them. Uh, the first one, I, I genuinely was impressed with how good it was. I've watched it when I was young and sort of dismissed it as a bit yeah. rubbish. But it was really, really Holds good. Holds up. The second one, less so. Not great. Yeah. Well, it's this thing that Disney these days, it seems certainly outside of Marvel... Uh, well, you could even make the argument for Marvel, actually, at, at this point as well. But their main raison d'etre seems to be just finding ways to cap- to capitalise on cheap nostalgia mm. for past glories. Easy money. You know, um, it, the, all the live action remakes and sequels and prequels and like, you know, there's been some really bizarre stuff 
churned out as a result of that. Like that, that flipping Cruella Deville origin story movie. Yeah. Why? Who? How are we as a species at the point where it makes good financial sense to throw millions of dollars at a glossy high-end film about how a woman who wants to murder a bunch of puppies for a coat isn't all that bad and is a little more complicated than we give her credit for. Yeah. Do you you, you see what I mean? Like, there are so many sort of... There are so many sort of, like, uh, choices along that road. You know, what, 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 what have the roads untaken, Matt, where we didn't end up at that, uh, <laughs> that point? Where would we be as a species, as a society? Uh, just wait till we make the night of the time, not the space origin movie, <laughs> where it, it, it's just you across a table from me just going, do you want to do a podcast? And I'll be like, oh, I guess I haven't got much else going on. The end. <laughs> um, yeah. Try and think what else I've done. Bought a microwave oven today, David. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, highlight of the week. Um, oh, in fact... What have, you, what have you microwaved in it? Uh, I microwaved have you, some have you, milk. Have you microwaved anything? Hot milk in my coffee. Um, Great. I had some yep. leftovers from last night. Microwaved those. Yeah. Um, uh, you you going to give, give, give me any specifics or have we got to leave that to the listener's imagination? Um, it was some honey mustard chicken breast. Uh, roast potatoes that went a bit soggy when I microwaved them, and a selection of steamed mm. veg. Oh, and how was that steamed veg second time around? Mm, like wet newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Did the chicken hold up at least? Yeah, yeah, because what I really like is it sort of lukewarm, rock hard, and kind of rubbery. Um, <laughs> But, so great investment so far this yeah, microwave. Yeah, it cost me seventy. <laughs> really living the dream. <laughs> Why are microwaves so expensive? I assumed they'd be like twenty quid, but I went to the Tesco's today, yeah. and even with my club card deal, it was still the best part of seventy quid. Can I tell you something, Matt? What? We our microwave broke about six years ago. And we were looking at buying new microwaves and we were, we were going, oh God, they're so expensive and it's they take up so much room on the counter. And then we just turned to each other, my, my partner and I, and we just said, what if we don't get one? What if we just don't get a microwave? Yeah. Uh, see, so I, I had the opposite, where my new partner was like, yeah. what kind of fucking jabroni doesn't have a microwave? And I was like, <laughs> I've like, come this far. And she was like, well, well yeah. how do you cook this? How do you cook that? And I was like, I've got pans. I've got a cooker. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, what about... That's you know, what we say. I was like, I, I just cook it. But she really gave me a lot of shit about not having a microwave. So today, <laughs> out of absolute spite, I went and bought a microwave oven. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear, hear your new relationship's going well. Oh, but... David. David, David, David. But if you want a, if you want a positive <laughs> story... The other day, we went to a bakery, yeah. and I had the best croissant I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, okay. You, you're going to have to elaborate on that, then. Okay, plain croissant. What, what elevated I don't, this croissant? I don't go in for that almond shit. Plain croissant. Mm-hmm. 
but it was okay, it's yeah. hand baked in York. There's a place called the Bluebird Bakery, and they kind of provide high end breads to a lot of the restaurants and stuff. Uh, but mm. we went to Ground Zero. We went to their HQ where they have a little tea room. And right. Honestly, it, it like because it was handmade. You could see the lamination of the pastry. It was unbelievable. Amazing. I, I feel as I've got older, I've learned to really appreciate croissants. Never really went for them when I was younger. Yeah. Can't get enough of them now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I'd be most uh, glad uh, about having the opportunity to... to, to opportunity to deploy the phrase uh, lamination of the pastry uh, not something you get to say every day is no, it no I've watched enough Bake Off and I've had that one in my back pocket because I'm a real up my own ass bakery snob <laughs> um, I like the ones to, from Little. trying to think if I've got any other great tales to tell you but I can't even remember the last time we spoke probably this time last week I think it was about a week, or, week ago wasn't it yeah yeah um, as I say, my 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 week has not been exciting. No. Um, I do have an exciting week coming up, but you'll hear more about that now, uh, hey, next time we record. Can I can I ask you a question? Yes, of course. Just thinking back to last time we spoke, how is Woody the wood pigeon? How did that story conclude? Doing fine. Good. Doing fine, and actually, I will. I will try and get from my partner uh, a little video that we can maybe pop up on the socials, cool. so everyone can see Woody the Wood Pigeon uh, happily flapping about and uh, having a little, having a little feed, and generally just healing up nicely. It, it, it clearly in safe hands. Good, good. Um, what do you want to do first? I won't lie, I've still not bought an episode of Doctor Who magazine, so you'll be doing that this week. Yes, well, I, I, I figured I probably would be, which is why I have taken the uh, liberty of ensuring I have my copy close to hand. Is it on the floor? Um, so we can start... Uh, no, it is not, uh, because unlike you, Matt, if uh, you leave an object lying around in this house, you can guarantee it won't be in the same place by the same time the following week. Uh, see, my copy of September's Doctor Who magazine still just on the floor in my bedroom. Yeah. Doesn't move. Yeah. Uh, would that I had that luxury. Um, okay, so do you want to start there, Matt? Yeah, should we do letters first? Yeah, that's the name of the segment, oh, isn't it? Shall we do letters? Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay, okay. David. Yes. Letters, letters. 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 Right. Uh, Okie dokie. So, last time we did the star letter, didn't we? We did. We did. So. We have got some reactions to the Season 2 box set. Um, some suggestions for future Blu-ray box sets. Um, uh, lots and lots of those, in fact. And uh, we've got a couple about uh, David Warner 
and uh, one about Meccano. Ah, uh, it's got to be Meccano. Right, okay. So, the last uh, letter in the uh, in the section for this month. So, this is from Chris Worrell. Okay, big fan uh, of the show. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, he's been with us since uh, since the beginning, Chris. So, so you know, appreciate your support. So, um, recently, Channel 5 broadcast an episode of Susan Kalman's Grand Week by the Sea. Can we just stop to appreciate what high quality entertainment that must be? <laughs> wow, I didn't. I, I'm good. I'm heartbroken. I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Reasonably good comedian Susan Kalman <laughs> yeah. having a paid for holiday. Yeah. At a local a British seaside and resort. She's Scottish, by the way, David. She doesn't often mention it. So I feel I'll do it. She's oh, Scottish. No. It, it really, you know what? I bet I, I bet it doesn't even come up at any point during the course of that series. Um, anyway. Uh, in which she visited the Meccano show in Skegness and saw some Daleks. They were my Daleks. And it was me that she spoke to. I built them a few years ago. Uh, sorry, I... I, I, I did not intone that sentence correctly. There was a full stop at the end of it. <laughs> Let's take that again. Um, I built them a few years ago. In the programme, you can see the three standard Daleks along with a special weapons one. I've got an idea to build the 1960s Emperor Dalek at some point. Over the years, there have been quite a number of Meccano Daleks in various sizes. I wrote an article about them which you can find here. We've got a tiny URL here. So tinyurl.com forward slash Meccano Daleks. So, uh, and there's a nice picture as well. If you do pick up a copy of the magazine, Matt, you'll, you'll get to see those. They're, they're quite nicely done. Good little Meccano Daleks. Lovely. I look forward to seeing it. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. Probably not, because um, it, it, it wouldn't interest anyone but me. But m one of my uncles, my Uncle Bob... Um, he actually like has won awards and stuff from like the British Meccano Society and things. Oh, awesome! Like, growing up, he's like we always used to go to their house, and he was like a bit of a mad scientist. He'd always be tinkering with his Meccano. It was like his life passion. Yeah. And some of the stuff he built yeah. was unbelievable. Kids today, yeah, should get some Meccano. I, I can very much see a lot of Meccano in Little Zorb's future. He's very much a tinkerer already. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I never, I, I never, met, I never really uh, got on board with Meccano as a kid. I struggled with it. Ah, uh, see, my older brother got some one Christmas, and mm. you know, we were all quite into it. We'd all have a little play. Yeah, no, but more more of a more of a Lego man myself. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there you go. So, Meccano Daleks. Yeah. Just you know, look, did what it said on the tin, didn't I it? I look forward to. It's nice it. when people enjoy things, isn't it, Matt? Say again, sorry. Nice, nice. It's nice when people enjoy things. Yeah, it's good to have a hobby. Nice to have a hobby. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just a shame our hobby is spending one hour a week watching absolutely interminable television. <laughs> and then talking about it and, uh, and spending an awful lot of time uh, logistically trying to figure out when we can actually carve out the time to talk to each other uh, about uh, it. Uh, it must be said, listeners... It wasn't. It wasn't either of our first choice to be recording this whilst I'm in the throes of COVID. Now I, I've got so many notebooks, David. Ever since episode one, yeah. I've written all my notes in hardbacked notebooks. So, like, I've yeah. got a shelf on my bookcase that is just my notes for this pod, and I think I'm on about my sixth notebook. And uh-huh. like, part of me is just like, why don't you just chuck them out? Nobody will ever want them. You don't want them. And then I'm like, oh, it's just got so much work in it. And, and what if one day um, all extant copies of You Who Are Lost yeah. and your notebook becomes the only major reference work? Yeah. The missing episode in some Small distant world future. From Torchwood. And scholars are poring over the meaning of your your notes centuries in the future. Yeah, I don't know. Trying to glean what what on earth Torchwood actually was. I, I'm, I'm just worried in the future, like, my grandchildren will find them. And, like, at what point did Grandad lose his mind? <laughs> and I go, oh, it was September 2018. Yeah, right, right round about series six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, Am I doing well, the anyway. news? Um, yes, please. Right. If you wouldn't mind. I think it's important, David, we address this because this week we had a complaint about the news. We did. We did. A good natured one. But... I mean, was it? Who. Who complains yes, that I think a Doctor so. Who news segment in a Doctor Who podcast contains Doctor Who news? <laughs> Plus, to be I fair, thought we'd made it yeah, clear okay. what our complaints policy was. Oh, we definitely have. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I did blurt out a lot of... Um, a lot of all but confirmed things. I don't. I, I think I, I went further than what has officially been announced um, for the upcoming centenary know. special. Which you know we. St- I, I refuse to accept that we're ever wrong, David. <laughs> Do you know, Matt? We still don't have an official air date for that episode. Is it not the twenty third? Even. Everybody assumes it's going to be the twenty third, but no. But the BBC haven't actually said it is yet. Ooh, ooh. Careful, David. Are we entering spoiler territory here? Oh, we might be. Do, what, do we um, need to be careful? Uh, we don't want to upset anyone. <laughs> right. Let's do the news, hopefully. In yeah. fact, let me right. just fire up searchwise.net. Centenary spoilers. Right. 
Let's see what this fight is. <laughs> Jodie Whittaker's final Doctor Who episode title revealed. Here we go. Doctor Who Centenary. Big spoilers. Yeah, it's going to be called... Yeah, Power of the Doctor. Um, these don't seem to be really spoilers because there's nothing much revealed. Uh, no, that's, that's the Chibnall way. Yeah. There's a character called Rose, but that's for the 60th. That's the uh, 60th, yeah. Um, there's a big dog in it. Oh, no, there's a big... Ooh. That was a made-up spoiler, but Doctor Who has a big dog in it anyway, doesn't it? It uh, does. Uh, I, I'd love it if Carver Easter's back for Centenary Special. Though. Oh, there's a big cat in it. Let's just change it. Let's just fire out some fake spoilers. Uh, oh, there's a big cat in it. Yeah. Uh, How big a cat are we talking? Are we just talking an overfed domestic cat? Um, big enough that it appears to be consuming a French baguette stick in one bite. Right. That's pretty large. Let's get some real news. Doctor Who. Um, news. Right, David. There is yes. the Doctor Who exhibition in Edinburgh. Should we go? Mm hmm. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, I mean, not right now. We've got, we've got an episode to record, but, you know. I mean, if we set off now, it won't open till the morning anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, David Tennant explains how his 60th anniversary return came to be. Uh, yes, I, I saw those clickbait headlines going around. I haven't actually looked at that yet, so we could do that. Um, Peter Capaldi rules out... Doctor Who 60th, I'd rather, rather leave it as it is. Yeah, he's... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is he playing coy or is he genuinely just like, nah? Right. It's hard to say, isn't it? What about Doctor Who's best stunts? Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it. it's not a show famed for its stunts. Uh, I think someone's What's forgetting Danny Pink jumping over a robot. <laughs> I hope that makes the list. I hope that's number one. Right. In number ten, right. How... it's a top ten. Okay. Top ten. That's right. Then we can do ten. It is from Remembrance of the Daleks, <coughs> and it says, you don't know what you're dealing with here. Blah, blah, blah. Uh... Oh, it's... Which bit is it? Sylvester McCoy... Climbs down the rope onto a Dalek shuttlecraft. What, what is this? Am I misremembering, or does he like zipline with his umbrella that down a rope be. or something? That could be. Number nine. Or did I dream that? <laughs> let, let's just move on. Number nine okay. is Jodie Whittaker jumping across the crane in Woman Who Fell to Earth. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then number eight is Warriors of the Deep, and its title is oh. Chekhov's Gun, but guns crossed out, and then it says Huge Fuck Off Water Tank. <laughs> uh, then we have the Sea Devils, where Stuart Fell flips out. Uh, what is this? Uh, da -da -da -da. Stuart Fell, an ex gymnast. Uh, doubled for Katie Manning in this story when they had to climb onto the sea fort. However, um, the 
captain escaped on a hovercraft, fires at them, oh, and one of them gets shot and does a forward flip. Yeah. Then in the Dalek invasion of Earth, there is... Uh, it is forbidden to dump bodies into the water. Um, ah, that's because they really felt, filmed it in the Thames, so a guy just got in the Thames for a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty... pretty uh, that's dicing with death, that is. Right, I think we're into the big guns now. Number five, Day of the Doctor. Okay. The TARDIS is lowered into Trafalgar Square on a crane. Sure. Uh, then in... Inferno, somebody shoots himself off a tower. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty big fall. Uh, this was a record-breaking fall by his stuntman at the time of filming. He fell 50 feet on location. Then there is number three, the mind of evil, the prison fight. Uh, what, just the whole fight sequence? Yeah, once the brig announced the it? military hands, he's shot at returns fire and someone falls off the battlements going ah then there's a lot so, of gunfire yes. grunting and people falling downstairs people falling off things people climbing up castle walls then falling off them and people doing ermy guts acting yeah great uh, number two now this one really speaks to me David the greatest show in the yeah. galaxy Sylvester McCoy gets his bum set on fire <laughs> Yeah. Right. <coughs> and the final one, number one, Terror of the Autons. Uh, Terry Walsh uh, was the stunt double for John Pertwee, but here he plays a policeman who initially seems to have taken the Doctor and Joe out of trouble, only for the Doctor to pull his face away and reveal the blank plastic face of an Auton. Uh, what stunt? Oh. And then he got hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. There's a big long story, and it basically ends with him getting hit by a car. Yes, yeah. I mean, like I say, Doctor Who is not a show that is particularly known for its spectacular stunts. Mm -hmm. It's it's not an action show, is it? And I think that list only goes to further underscore that point. It's mostly just. Oh, well, there was this one time when a bloke fell quite a long way. Yeah. And it's seemingly not always on purpose. <laughs> oh, definitely not. <coughs> um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I'd, if, you, if you're looking for, if, if you're coming for the action, then you're probably going to come away from Doctor Who disappointed. Um, there are... Other ingredients, I think, are more central to its appeal, should we say. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, yeah, no, that was a fun list. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, um, always a pleasure. Now, this is, of course, traditionally the part of the show where we have to uh, just drag ourselves through another discussion of an episode of Torchwood that we both hated. Yep. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to buck that trend slightly this week, Matt, because I quite enjoyed this week's episode. Well, I I, I have a question, David. 
In yes. fact, it's okay. a question in two parts. Okay. Was this a good episode of television? Yes. And I think I'd maybe go yes as well. But was it a good episode yeah, I, of Yeah, I would Torchwood? say emphatically. It was very untorchwood this week, wasn't it? Yes, that's what I'd like to put it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I guess... <laughs> I guess part of it is um, I would come back to the argument that at this stage Torchwood still doesn't seem to have decided on what kind of a show it actually is. Mm-hmm. So on that level, sure, why not? Why why can't this be an episode of Torchwood? Uh, so I'll I'll kind of take it on on face value for for that. Um, <coughs> but what I will say is. Uh, it's definitely good TV, and actually, I think it's a strong enough present, uh, um, a strong enough premise that, frankly, it would have been better if it was a standalone film or a short TV series in its own right, rather than being squandered on an otherwise shit TV show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that was really hammered home to me by the sort of montage at the end where I felt like um, I'll just say this now you know there's this whole montage at the end where we, we see sort of the, 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 the sort of end point with all of these stories that, have, that we've splintered off and been following over the course of the episode and it's relatively impactful but also part of me is like but this all happened in like a week <laughs> And I think if we'd had the opportunity to follow these characters further, um, and 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 really, you know, this this premise could have sustained six hours of television easily, mm. couldn't it? Are you familiar with popular TV show Good Night Sweetheart? I am, of course. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean that's the thing. It, like you could easily do a, a, at least one series. I mean, if you threw HBO money at it and maybe included a few more characters, you could have got uh, two or three seasons out of a premise like this. Yeah. So, as good as it is, part of me is left just feeling a little bit sad that we got this this slightly undercooked low budget version that is hampered by the fact that it has to fit into a single episode of Torchwood um, but but you know on its own merits this was a very engaging 50 minutes of television now, and for the first time in a while I really felt happy to, to be watching it would I know the answer to this but would you say this is the best episode yeah. of Torchwood so far Oh, yeah, easily. Now, in that case, would you say this episode is as good as the worst episode of Doctor Who? I would say this is better than some of the worst episodes of Doctor Who. Wow. Wow, strong words. But it is... Yeah, but to be clear, it's probably... It's certainly no better than an average episode of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. You know, I was engaged and entertained by this about as much as I was, say, 
Ah, I'm trying to think of a good example. Is it better than Planet of the Dead? Yeah, I would say it is better than Planet of the Dead, but How probably not as good you? as Robot of Sherwood. How dare you? Where did you get off? <laughs> it was coherent and emotionally satisfying, which is two things that I can't say for Planet of the Dead. Wow. I don't know. Planet of the Dead is coherent. It just is, is you know, there's almost no plot to it. Um, anyway, but, but yeah, so, so how did you feel about it? Do you agree that this is probably uh, the best Torchwood so far? Yeah, but again, probably because it's very untorchwood-like, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think I'd want this every week. If, if it wasn't Torchwood and it was just its own premise, if it was just a TV show and it was about some people that have kind of fallen through time and are now having to adjust to living in their own future. Yeah. Would would you tune in every week for that? Uh, like, it's a more exciting premise, isn't it? Because the thing is, as well, in Torchwood... It's a great premise. We've already got Gwen trying to cope with her mental new life. We don't need three others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, the other thing I will say that I will praise this episode for is, in addition to introducing three interesting new characters and uh, t- telling satisfying stories with each of them, they also found a way to weave into that um, stories that that gave us new perspectives and new dimensions on a lot of the core characters in the main cast as well. Um, it, it's 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 an amazing feat of writing. Really? When you think about it. Yeah. Well done, Catherine Trigina. Yeah. Yes. Good work. Um, Did that name ring bells with you? Never heard of her. She wrote The Woman Who Lived for Series 9 of Doctor Who. Uh, Well, this is probably her better work then, isn't it? I'd say so. I think I'd probably rank this slightly above The Woman Who Lived, which... Has some good moments, but uh, is rather hampered by the silly lion alien. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Those were good <coughs> old days, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least it's fun. You've got to give it that. Yeah. Doctor Who is pretty consistently fun. Oh, I don't know. When does um, it start getting fun? Reign of Terror is no fun at all. <laughs> I don't know. I think the first time Doctor Who is... That's a good question. When's the first time it's just straight up fun? Probably... Maybe the Romans? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, around around the time Vicky joins, I think. Cool. I'll keep a lookout. (laughs) Um, but anyway, right. uh, should we, should we, 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 should we get through this? We probably should, yeah. Right, so, Out of Time, episode 10 of season 1, from the 17th of December 2006. As we said, already, it's written by Catherine Tagina and directed by Alice Troughton, no relation to Patrick. Yes, indeed. Right. 
So, we open with the Torchwood team watching a plane coming into land. And a lady jumps out because this was an unplanned landing. And what are the yeah. chances they're from 1953? Whoops! Yeah. Now, I should I mean, I mean, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm forever doing that. I'm forever just popping out for a quick spin in my plane. Flying through a time portal. And ending up in 50 years in my own personal future. Yeah. I probably should have done it's, this it's easily in, done, in isn't advance, it? but I just thought I'd see what's gone on in 1953. Uh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, 71% of TV sets in the United States turned into, tuned into I Love Lucy to watch Lucy give birth. Wow. Uh, Eisenhower becomes president of the USA. Uh, Walt Disney's Peter Pan premieres. <coughs> yeah. Uh, Joseph Stalin had a stroke. Mm -hmm. The world seems pretty grim back in 1953. No wonder everyone loves Peter Pan. Yeah, not like now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, you know... It's lovely that we're living in such uh, such more advanced and, and uh, less tumultuous times, isn't it? Oh, I think Queen Elizabeth II was crowned. Was that 53 or was that not 52? Uh, it must have been 52. June the 2nd, because we just Elizabeth had a... II, Queen of the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan and Ceylon was crowned. In 53? Yeah, it's so because it we just yeah. had the, but we, we just had the jubilee, and we're in. Yeah, but so surely know. it would have been fifty-two. Oh no, Westminster Abbey. She had a nice crowning ceremony. Uh, right. Okay. That that makes no sense to me. Uh, Egypt. Oh, hang has on. Declared um, Republic. Uh, I bet that was fun. <coughs> I'll tell you what it'll probably be. It'll probably be the official coronation. But she technically assumed the throne in 52. Because uh, be. that's going to happen with, with this as well, isn't it? Like, with, with uh, Charles. Like, he's he is king now, but the coronation won't be till next year. Right. Yeah. Um, do you uh, think you're... In September of 1953, think, David, when... we stopped rationing sugar in the yep. UK. Oh, that's, that's nice. Never look back. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> um, can I can I ask Matt on the subject of the coronation? Do you reckon you're going to hire a colour TV for that, or do you think you'll actually shell out and buy one? Uh, I'll get everyone round and charge them a shilling. Ah, yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know you can I... you can you can. Yeah. No. Go on. I was just saying there wasn't much happened. Pat Benatar was born. I bet that was... We've all benefited from that, haven't we? Yes. So was Michael Bolton was born. Okay. Uh, so was Shaka Khan. Matt. David, Rick Moranis was born. Yeah. Okay. So was Tony Blair well, certainly and that was, that, that, oh, I'm trying to figure out at this point, is this a net gain or a net loss for humanity uh, with that list? What if I told you it's a Tim mixed bag Allen, for sure. Buzz Lightyear was born. Mm. 
Uh, it remains a mixed bag. Um, right, Matt. Yeah. Can we please move on yeah. to discussing this episode? I, I was about to tell you Hulk Hogan was born, but let's keep going. Right. So. <laughs> yes, indeed. We all go back to Torchwood HQ to celebrate the birth of Hulk Hogan and find out that the three yeah. people from the plane were John Ellis, Emma, and Diane, who, would you believe, yes. have flown through a door in time and space. Whoops. And I like this bit because it's like, oh, how do we get back? And Captain Jack's just like, oh, you don't. He's just like, we're not solving yeah. this mystery. No happy endings here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love as well um, that one of the first things they do is that they usher them into Torchwood HQ and say, don't be alarmed. But they say, don't be alarmed as they are walking through that giant grating metal cogwheel door yeah. with two flashing amber lights either side of it. <laughs> it's like, could you have thought of a less alarming entrance to usher them through? Yeah. Um, I, we haven't really talked about that, that door, have we? Why, why is it, Matt? Why... Why do they have that door? Is it to keep people out or to keep things in? I mean, I don't know, but either way, they they use it just like a regular door, don't they? They're always popping in and out of it, oh, yeah. so... Yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> and they never... They never There's also... Like, they're always just like, yeah. oh, I'm just bobbing up for a bit. Don't worry. I mean, the whole layout of Torchwood HQ fascinates and baffles me in equal measure. There's a bit later on in this episode where, where Captain Jack just pops up out of a hole. Did oh, yeah. Spot that? What's he doing down there? <laughs> Who knows? Plus, he just pops why, up. Why, why isn't there <laughs> stairs? Why is he coming up like a tiny little ladder? <laughs> Looks like it might be a rope ladder or something. Yeah. Plus... It's, he does it yeah. without breaking conversation. So he's just like, they're, they're talking and he comes up and he goes, well, I've got some interesting thoughts on the matter. What What <laughs> are you doing in a hole, Jack? <laughs> just waiting for an opportune moment to pop up and add his, add his uh, tuppence to proceed. Yes, yeah. He's probably putting his trousers uh. on. That's what I'd like to say. Right. <laughs> Uh, Gwen <laughs> tells Emma that all her family's dead. That's that's a nice icebreaker. Yep. And it gets the ball rolling, doesn't it? They have a little look for John's family, um, but they say, "Oh, we'll just yeah. do that tomorrow. Don't worry. Go to bed." So they all go to a B and B for the night. Uh, we find out that John, John is obsessed with retail. He is mental for retail. <laughs> all he wants loves is a bit of retail. Everyone should work in a shop. He loves it. Uh, whilst yeah. Emma predominantly cared for her ill auntie. Uh, yeah. And she worries that her family think she was murdered because she just disappears. But we find out, historically, it's thought that this plane disappeared over the ocean. So, yeah. to help them assimilate, Torchwood gives them entirely new identities, but John freaks out. Uh, he says, the only thing I've got left is my name. Uh, it's the one thing you can't take yeah. from me. And Captain Jack just goes, oh, yeah, 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 you're right, man from 70 years ago. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're an expert well, on modern society. We'll just do what you say. 
the thing is, I, I, you know, I genuinely, I really like that scene. Um, and I, I want to praise here the, the guy who plays John. Uh, because I think he has the hardest task out of any of them. I think he puts a good shift because, in. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has to, he has to toe that line between uncomfortable because of the the views and the attitudes that he inherited from the world he comes from but he's not an outright he's not an evil person no he's just you know a product of his time um and yeah i think i think he manages to toe that line really well so that ultimately when the time comes, you really do feel sympathy for them, even though he does and says some pretty horrid things over the course of this. Um, but yeah. So it's time to see what Ianto's job is this week, as he's now some sort of handler for people out of time. <laughs> and he takes them to Asda, now, the okay. worst supermarket. <laughs> I guess it was the nearest one. It's fine. You know, they'll be excited. It's their first go. You can't you can't just throw them in at the deep end and, and, and uh, set them loose in the Waitrose, can you? You've got to get them to Morrison's. It's, it, imagine <laughs> if they saw the Morrison's salad bar. It, it would be too much for them. Yeah. It, their brains would short circuit. They'd just be like, what? I, I, I now, can have pasta and couscous. <laughs> <laughs> what are these? Falafel Which technically and is another form of. Can I can I mention them, Matt? Couscous technically another form of pasta. Is it? I always assumed yeah, it was a grain. It's not a grain. Nope. Anyway, um, I, I want to quinoa? highlight here. Not a fan. Okay, we'll just leave that there. Anyway, I want to. <laughs> yes. Right. So. Uh, Matt, 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 shush, let's not rush ahead here because I really need to highlight the the first thing Ianto has said or done that I genuinely enjoyed. I really liked his line delivery where he's halfway through explaining how the uh, automatic doors work and then they all rush in, uh, all giddy and excited because they've just spotted bananas. And he just says, uh, but yes, of course, bananas are far more interesting. Uh, now, this genuinely made me laugh out loud. And also, I have a lot of sympathy for the Ianto here because I have had that experience so many times over the past year uh, trying to ex- uh, answer questions Little Zorms has posed me only for him to lose interest in the answer before I've even finished the first sentence. <laughs> Um, well, it's important so, to yeah, Yanto your, your had my sympathy not there. not a time traveller from 1953. <laughs> no, he is just a three-year-old child yeah. with a very short attention span. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, this, this scene is cute, isn't it? Yeah, like, they go mad for sweets and DVDs. And, in fact, the one bit yeah. that made me laugh was when Diane just goes, what the hell? And she's just holding up a packet of cigarettes where it says smoking kills. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I 
I think we've yeah, been tracking through Torchwood when the smoking ban comes in and, you know, it gets some play this week. It does, it does a bit, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it, the whole thing is, like, after that scene, I was just like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I like what we're doing here. We, we, apart from anything else, it shows that it's taking its time. I think that's something I did like about this episode. It wasn't trying to rush us towards some big bombastic conclusion. It really is just a character piece. Yeah. Because I, I, I quite like the next bit, which is when John goes to look yeah. at his old shop and to see yes. it's all boarded up, yeah. you know, breaks his yeah. heart. I mean, it would, wouldn't it? But, you know, when you think that this is someone who's... That was his... In many ways, his life's work. Yeah, it was his castle. Yeah. And and, and now he's... he's Not even that long after, you know. A handful of decades and all of a sudden... It's just forgotten. Mm. It, it, it just... No longer matters. Uh, it's uh, must be quite a troubling thing to suddenly be presented with, but yeah. Um, so then Diane can't work out tea bags. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, and then she goes to look at a plane with Owen, whilst John and Jack just go for a little pint post smoking ban. Yeah, and. Hallelujah, we have, I think, the first good scene with Captain Jack in this entire series. Yeah. I can I can hand on heart say I enjoyed this scene and I thought John Merriman played it well. Yeah. Was this the bit where he said oh no. Is this the bit where he says he's a man out of time as well? Yeah, I think he, he at least hints to it at this stage. And and so that he, he manages to find some common ground with John because I think of the three of them, it's already clear that John is struggling more yeah. with it. I mean, Emma is, is kind of just, you know, she's still a kid, she's giddy, but she she'll kind of... She's young enough that she can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, John in particular is just kind of like uh, finding it tricky. And, and yeah, of course, it li- lights up his pipe yeah. <laughs> in the middle of this pub. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I did like this uh, this bit of the episode. It just felt it felt quite natural. You yes, know, it definitely. Didn't feel Honest. Forced, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's that. They've gone to the shop. So... Emma socialises with the other girls in the B&B over a can of dark fruit yeah. cider. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean... Well, well, welcome to the, to the noughties. Yeah. yeah, we're all mad for a bit of dark fruits. Uh, Owen takes Diane for a Chinese. Turns out she can yeah. smoke there, though. I just don't know yeah. what the ruling was here. Uh, and ultimately, he takes. I think her. it was. I, th- I think it was. We, we as we established, we were just pre-smoking ban. But there were a lot of places indoors where there were like, proprietors had their own policies, didn't they? Mm. 
So some pubs would be just like, we just don't, we don't do smoking in here. Or you could smoke in this one, one corner or that you can't smoke over here. You know, I think it just varied from establishment to establishment, didn't it? Um, right. John comes home and shouts at drunk Emma. And, yeah. you know, if you think the shouting wasn't bad enough, he serves her the most anemic looking liver and potatoes. It looked absolutely revolting. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I would try and distance myself from him as much as possible. Yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah. He uh, Owen and does Diane conduct sleep himself together. brilliantly. And in brackets, David, I've just put whatever happened to him and Gwen. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty well established, uh, and in da- in, fe- in fact, this is kind of the crux of Owen's story in this episode. That you know he's he's not one for commitment generally. Yeah. Um, but again, like, I'll be honest, this didn't seem forced to me. I kind of, I completely got it straight away why Owen would find, um, sorry, I'm blanking on it. Is it Diane? Diane, yeah. Yeah. Why he would find, uh, Diane kind of just intriguing because she is, you know, she's... (sighs) It's oh, it's such a, a sort of uh, loaded word sometimes, isn't it? But, you know, she is feisty, if you yeah, like. Yeah, she's strong, but, isn't she? But, yeah, but by the same token, she is... She has so much more, like, poise and dignity than any, any of the women that Owen would normally be uh, associating with. Mm-hmm. So, you know... I think she presented, you know, if you, I don't know, I, this is me, this is me, not, this is not me speaking, but trying to put myself in Owen's shoes. I think she sort of, if you like, presented a different challenge to him. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, and I think in some ways his storyline is probably one of the more, more compelling of uh, what we get here. Uh, because of that, I think certainly of the three, this uh, as these stories start to splinter off, I think we learn more about Owen through this relationship than we do we uh, learn about Jack with the the storyline with him and John or or Gwen with uh, her and Emma, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Emma wakes up. She stayed with Gwen rather than the B&B because she's so upset with John to see a naked Reese. And everyone's really just okay with that. Yeah, sorry. Maybe one moment. I'm just going to have to let the dog out, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone, certainly they recover from it, which is good. Yeah, but, but I, I, I don't think I'd be that laid back. Like, Reese is just like, oh, you saw my morning glory. Just like, yeah, I'm a bit attacked. I'd probably yeah. go sit in another room for a bit and just give everyone a bit of space. I mean, I, I would be beyond mortified, mm. certainly. Yeah. But I guess Reese is just a very confident man. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will be honest, out of everything that happens uh, in this story, Reese's behaviour is the thing that rings least true to me. Mm. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk about it more when we get to the end, I think. But uh, yeah, that was that was one of the things that had me scratching my head a bit more. But yeah. Right. Tosh finds John's son. John goes to visit him. He's old yeah. and has Alzheimer's. So John shows him pictures yeah. of when he was young, and sadly he can't remember John. Yeah. I mean, that whole scene is just flipping heartbreaking, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, the guy that plays John, he was great this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the same time, Owen hires a plane for Diane. He's trying to get her her pilot's licence, you know, so she can get a nice job flying again. She feels that's all she really wants to do. Um, I did like this line that sort of summed up the episode. No puzzle to solve, no enemy to fight, just three people out of time. That's this episode all in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, it's all the better for it. Um, Gwen takes Emma to a nightclub where Emma kisses a boy. So Gwen gives her a really awkward lecture about sex. Yeah. Gwen... Gwen... Gwen's decision to take her to a nightclub makes absolutely no Gwen, sense. Gwen is the worst character in the Doctor Who universe. <laughs> you know what? I think you might be right, but yeah, I'm tr- I'm racking my brains now trying to think of somebody worse. If I was Captain Jack, I'd have maybe offered that position to Davros. He certainly would have brought a level of technical competency that yeah. Gwen doesn't have. Like, I, I'd love to watch this, and it'd be a little bit like The Office, but it's just Davros working out how a PC works, like awkwardly keying the keyboard, you know, mocks of Balhoon on the phone, <laughs> running the phones. Brilliant. Yeah. Every so often they catch him trying to cobble together a batch of Daleks, and it's like, oh, Davros, <laughs> now we told you this, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you know, you and your Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every time he reaches over, they just slap his hand away, just like no Davros, we <laughs> told you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just uh, John Barrowman doing his tusk, tusk face yeah. as he as he sort of unplugs the feeding tubes from a batch of mutants. Yeah. A disciplinary panel meeting where it's like Davros. <laughs> And he's like, I oh, know, I'm just, I just love trying to take over the world. It's like, come on, Davros, we've talked about this. <laughs> right. Uh, Owen buys Diana dress, and Emma's got a job in London in fashion. Um, turns out Gwen has been telling Reese that Emma is her auntie stepdaughter or something. But when Gwen's mum calls the yeah. house. Reese answers, and she has no idea who Gwen's fake cousin is. Mm-hmm. So Reese is sick of the lies, David. He's sick of it all. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I say, I think. <sighs> okay. First of all, it's really dumb that Gwen doesn't just say. It's it's a work thing. She doesn't have anywhere else to go. It's just going to be for a couple of nights. She could just say that and not go into any specifics and say, look, look, it's a safeguarding thing. I can't tell you any more than that. 
And Reese, if he was any kind of decent human being, would be like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. There's no skin off my nose. Yeah. Knowing um, fine well that she's worked close with the police, probably, you know, dealt with victims yeah. of some pretty horrific crimes. Yeah. But, but instead, because she goes with, with the sort of the sitcom excuse route and gets uh, rumbled, Reese just kind of flies off the deep end a bit. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess we're meant to think this is one of those straw that breaks the camel's back situations. Yeah. Do you think? But then, do you think it's it's more about the, the thing, accumulation? The thing is, we've seen him put up with more in other episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So that's why I, that's why I found it a little bit, you know, a little bit of a puzzle. For this to be thing. the thing that he gets really principled about, just doesn't. Yeah, work. because because at the end of the day, even if Gwen didn't tell him the truth about her, it's pretty obvious that it is just a case of. Here's this vulnerable girl that Gwen felt sorry for and is putting up for a couple of nights. Yeah. And whether or not she's a she's a distant relative shouldn't really matter in that context, should it? No. no. Right. Uh, where are we up to? Right. Owen and Diane drink some champagne down by the dock. And John steals oh. Yanto's car keys to go back to the shop. Because what is Yanto doing? He's meant to be front of house, and he's just not there. Yeah, so um, we have to talk about Owen and Diane in the car park. Why a car park, Owen? Yeah, it's... Why is that the place to take take her for a romantic Plus, little dance? There's a bit where he like goes, "Oh, wait here, wait here, I'll be right back." And I thought it was going to be something yeah. amazing, like he'll set some fireworks off or some big gesture. Yeah. He's just yeah. got some tinnies in the back of his car, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. And it's, at the end of the day, it's just a scuzzy, empty car park in Cardiff. Like, take her to a park. Something. Yeah. So, a nice fountain. <laughs> like. Yeah. Anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless maybe it's the it's the local dogging hotspot and, he, well, and it just happens to be a bit of a quiet evening. Literally the nicest bit of Cardiff I've never been, but it appears to be the area yeah. immediately outside Torchwood HQ. <laughs> That's like the modern nice bit. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Right. So as we said, John has stolen Ianto's car to go back to the shop. Amazingly, he's just gained all knowledge of modern motor-like vehicles. Yeah. I mean, I assume they've come on a little bit since the 50s. So Jack follows him and finds him attempting suicide. Every week on the suicide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I will say, with this one, it feels earned. Yeah, like this is... A like justifiable poignant moment in the story. Yeah. But if anything, it diminishes all the others that we've seen every week. Yes. Because every week they yeah. make really flippant comments like, oh well, we'll just stage a suicide. Mm-hmm. And you know, when it's actually important and like I say, quite poignant, 
It just shows you how lazy the other episodes are. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, well, that's this episode in 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 general, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of it's it it's showing up in its uh, its brethren uh, considerably. Yeah. Right. So he explains to Jack that he doesn't want to start again. He doesn't want a new life. He had a good life, but it's over. He wants to die. Yeah. So we get another nice moment from Jack where he talks about being alone and being scared. And yeah. we then... I think this might be my fav- favourite bit of the episode where yeah. Owen says that he wants to end things with Diane because he likes her too much that's not who he is and she just responds with well I love you too because he just can't say that can he yeah no he 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 sort of goes on about like how how it's sort of driving him mad and stuff and it's you know the implication being that he's he's a complete commitment phobe and the thought of actually having romantic feelings for someone is genuinely terrifying to him. Um, but she recognises it immediately. Um, and, yeah, so she says that, and of course then means to, proceeds to immediately break his heart. Nice one. <laughs> so, yeah, she leaves him <laughs> as he's asleep. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. what? Like, I get it's quite a big emotional moment, don't know how I felt about Jack just sitting there whilst John kills himself. Okay, um, I sort of get what they're going for. I think because there is there is this implicit thing that Jack is almost envious of John being able to take the decision that he's had enough and he just wants to end it because that's not that is not an option open to Jack. Yeah. He kind of has to carry on. Um, I will admit it's on a purely like uh, practical slash canonical level. It did certainly bother me that he was just sat there just like fine. Whereas we know from previous things, what will happen with Jack is he will sustain some kind of fatal injury or occurrence and then he'll do that <gasps> thing and come back to life again so you don't see him like dropping off dying and then <gasps> coming back to life he's just sat there just like do-de-do-de-do lovely bit of carbon monoxide <laughs> I wonder if I know like he um, can't die but surely that'll do him some damage whilst yeah. he's still living <laughs> you would think you would think um, but anyway yeah so they've decided for this week he is just, uh, yeah, impervious to carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, right. But anyway, yeah. Um, and then we've got my least favourite part of this episode. Right. What the fuck was that hat Gwen was wearing? <laughs> it was a choice, it was wasn't it? It was some sort of weird beret tea cosy. <laughs> It was like the sort of hat the Pope wears. Uh, I think she probably bought it because she thought it would make her feel arty. But it doesn't. She just looks like a lady in a silly hat. Yeah, a bad, bad hat. So Gwen waves (laughs) off Emma as she goes to London to start her new life in fashion. Uh, Diane tries to recreate the flight that brought her here. 
uh, whilst yeah. Owen tries to stop her, but she just flies away. Yeah. The end. The end. So, yeah. So Poor old Owen, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I always say, David, why is it always aliens? No aliens this week, but no. that works in Torchwood's favour. Yes, yeah. Like, I, no aliens, but you had a solid science fiction concept at the root of this story, which made it engaging. Um, But what are we going to do if next week it's back to chasing, I don't know, gnomes around someone's garden? (laughs) Like, now now they've proved they can do it right, (sighs) I'm going to be doubly disappointed if, like, next week's is rubbish. Yeah, I think we have to prepare ourselves for that eventuality, though, Matt, don't we? Uh, it breaks my heart. It I mean, this this was this was a good one, no doubt about it. But looking at the series as a whole, it does not have a strong batting average. No, no. Even a broken clock's right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> it very much does feel that way. Um, right, so next week, Matt, next week, we will be discussing an episode entitled Combat. Ooh. Before then, do you want some Combat. listener tweets or have you already signed off and we can go to bed? Not together. You know, you know what? I'm not I'm not used to the whole listener tweets at the end thing yet. It, I, was, I was very ready it's to fine. just... Knock it on the head. No, 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 let's hear them. Let's hear them. Right. There's some absolute dynamite tweets this week, David. <laughs> Go for right. it. Right. So, the Doctor Who show, one of the very few people whose opinion I respect on Twitter, says this is probably yep. the standout episode in the first season. Great. So, we, so we can pretty much be uh, assured that it's downhill from here then. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, then we have Mr. James Courtney, who says, They made a good Torchwood. Yay. They did indeed. Yay. Yeah. Then we have Ariel, who says, Definitely my favourite episode of season one. Had some meaningful character moments, and I love when they actually incorporate the time travel element. Yes, yeah. I mean, th- that's something I think I've said before. One of the things that is holding back my appreciation for Torchwood is the fact that my favourite thing about Doctor Who is the TARDIS. And this show doesn't have a TARDIS. We can't go anywhere in time and space. We are stuck in present-day Cardiff. So having finding ways to, to, to weave in elements of time travel is always going to be a boon for me, I think. Let's do BT Flimby Giggard. Who says... Greetings, curator. Go on, David. Were you saying something? I said greetings, curator. Ah, excellent. Uh, BT says, look, I love this episode so much. If you don't have something positive to say about it, I'm going to wind up writing a 50-tweet thread about why Out of Time is amazing. Actually, under your post. Consider yourselves warned. Well, BT, don't (laughs) threaten me, all right? Shove it up your ass. The episode's shite. How about that? Right, moving on. Then, I feel really guilty now. Sorry, BT. Just don't, don't issue threats, all right? I don't like bullying. <laughs> it's fine. We liked it. Of course we liked it. I think you'd, 
you'd have I can't imagine somebody not being emotionally affected by this episode. It's really good. No, I preferred the one about the fairies in the garden. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, James Swifty Swift powering through with a unpopular yeah. opinion. I have a lot of trouble remembering right. anything good about this episode, which says to me that it's really boring. That, to me, sounds like someone who watched Torchwood when they were too school, too cool for school adolescent. Um, because, yeah, I think this was proper drama. Well, I don't see BT issuing any threats to James Swifty Swift. Yeah. What have we done to deserve that, David? We're always nice and polite to everyone that always listens. Right. I don't know. We were pretty horrible about his list of pick. Yeah, well, serves him right. Right. <laughs> Last tweet is Tweet of the Week, David. Yep. Comes from Marie Boudreau, who simply says... Ah. Oh. Do you want to say a proper hello, David? Um... I can't remember. Did we did we did we settle on a title for for me? Um, yeah. I don't think we did, did we? Marie, the Queen of Cheese. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Marie, the fastest woman in the West. Right. <laughs> quite simply says, never seen it with a laughing emoji. Well, you know what, Marie, worth the butchers this one. I mean, we spoiled it for you now. If you're listening and you've still not seen it, you got to this point. Yeah. Um, sorry. But genuinely, still, worth a watch. Well executed bit of drama. Uh, how much have we got left of series <sighs> one? So, Matt, yeah, I was actually going to talk to you about this um, off pod, but we can, we can hash it out on pod. So, we have got three episodes left. Yeah. Um, I think I've worked out if the rumoured air date for The Power of the Doctor is correct we'll end up doing two of them then we'll have to do Power of the Doctor and then come back for the final episode of Torchwood yeah. so do you want to do that or do you just want to delay talking about Power of the Doctor for a week finish off this series of Torchwood then do that as a lovely treat and then go into a bit of uh, classic who and, and whatnot. Um, I don't know. Would, like, would you rather just like get it all out the way first? I don't know. Imagine if you tuning in to hear like our fresh take on Power of the Doctor, and we're just like, um, oh, here's Torchwood. I mean, to be honest, it's going it's going to be a week old regardless. We are not going to be hot off the press. We're not going to radio free Scarrow this. Ah, screw and, it. Let's you know, do Torchwood. Be there Let's with get it. Torchwood finished. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. I'm happy to do that, to be honest, I think. Um, like I say, we, we, we never, we, we never, like, uh, first do it. And also, to be honest, I'd probably appreciate maybe getting getting the opportunity to, to sit with it for a couple of weeks yeah. before talking about it. I just. I... I can't wait to get back into the Sarah Jane adventures. I miss Luke. Yeah. I miss Maria's mum. It's going to be nice, isn't it? I can't... Like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. We were <laughs> spoiled with the Sarah Jane adventures. Do you remember when we thought... You know, in fact, um, Maria's mum might have been a candidate for 
worst character in the Doctor Who universe before we got this far into Torchwood and realised just how bad Gwen is. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd rather be stranded on a I'd... desert island with Marie's <laughs> mum than spend five minutes with Gwen. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, Matt. I don't disagree with you. Anyway, um, so yeah, ne- regardless, next week, combat. Combat. That's what we're doing. Is it whether is it we like it or not? With a capital B in the middle, so it's about giant bats. No, I mean at first I thought it might have said wombat, which would have been fun, but yeah, but there's no, no fun to be distilled from Tom, yeah. David. You know they do they do they do cube shaped poos. Yeah, wombats. yeah. So do koalas. Yeah. A lot of marsupials do, but they're not perfect. Cubes. No, I didn't know they're that. Like shredded wheat. Yeah. Just kind of square. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, listeners. Yeah, that's probably the most interesting <laughs> thing we've discussed. Right, you've got to get yourself to bed, David. You're full of cold. I really do. Yeah, it's not pleasant. Um, take care. Uh, what do I say? How do I end this? Uh, until next week, dear listener. Thank you very much for listening. Cheerio. Bye. That's how it goes. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.